Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is up, everyone? Jose Youngster the MMAfighting.com here for another. What day is this? Friday? Friday edition of the A-Side Live Chat on MMAfighting.com. As we always say, one day feels like a week at this point in time. So what it's been, two months since the last time I saw we saw you guys then? last last This past Wednesday, God, days, man. Uh, we had WWE superstar Jack Gallagher on. PT, I know, enjoyed himself. But for this week, the OG Crystal Ooh. Fighter... Brian Kelleher joins us. I don't know what side of the screen you're on. So, Brian, what's life been like in quarantine for you lately, stuck in New York? Long Island, right? Not in the city, I hope. Yeah, Long Island. It's been nuts, man. It's been a stressful time. I, I can't lie. Just we're trying to uh, stay in shape and and try to you know figure out like when will I fight next? Should I try to stay ready in case this fight island comes about or or whatnot? Like you know, it's it's a really confusing time. So it's hard to know uh, what's coming up ahead. Pizzi, what, what have you been up to since Wednesday? I think a little bit of news broke in the last four eight hours. I'm sure we'll get to. But how's your mental psyche not, uh, across not, the pond over there? Not great, Jose. Uh, there's been a slow deterioration in uh, my mind for the last week. And uh, we're kind of hitting the climax of that now. Uh, so, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as always, I know Brian. Know, I know Brian knows the uh, the routine. This is not our podcast. This is your guys' podcast. You can go ask any question you want. You can go to mafighting.com, find the post on the site, leave your question there. The ones in green will get prioritized, but I promise we'll try to get as many questions as we can. Or you can just go to Twitter because that's what everyone is using nowadays. Because my mentions are constantly being blown up, being blamed for all sorts of things that I've had nothing to do with. Uh, it you was you, Jose. It was you. We know yeah, it was my you. Bad. Don't shy away from it. <laughs> My fault, guys. My fault. Uh, you can leave your question on Twitter. Uh, we'll get to it if we can. I always find a lot of questions after the fact that I wish I had seen before, so I promise I'll try and pay more attention. Casey, everyone's favorite mustachioed, wimpy, soy boy director. Uh, we'll be also be looking at the YouTube comments. Maybe we'll pull up a few there. Uh, but Casey, oh, we, we just got a new one. Apparently, um, Disney has called, and um, they have canceled our live chat. Thanks, man. Yeah. I Thank you, Ice King. Well, that's a bummer. That's just a bummer all around. Anyway, uh, Casey. Oh, here we go. I don't even have reactions. Yeah, I know. Here we go. Yeah, I'm dead. I'm dead behind the eyes now. It's just whatever. (laughs) From Sean Denny. Sorry, sorry. I didn't want to start off this one, but uh, let's just go all in right now. Here we go. Oh, boy. From Denny, at Denny Rance on Twitter, long-time commenter, starting things off hot. Hashtag the A-side. How did Dana White manage to paint himself as the victim in all this? He strung those fighters along, knowing full well the event likely wouldn't happen. He tried to keep the venue secret and make it impossible to cancel. So for those of you who have lived under a rock, UFC 249 is officially no more. It was supposed to be in Brooklyn. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be, that seems so long ago when it was going to be in Brooklyn. It was going to be Habib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, Habib right. Nurmagomedov, uh, 
uh, flies back to Dagestan. Before, first, he was going to fly back to, I believe it was Abu Dhabi or something, because uh, that's where the fight was going to happen amid the coronavirus. That's what he says. And then he couldn't get in, so then he flew back to Dagestan, and now he didn't have a location. He couldn't fly back to the United States. Since then, Dana White then booked the interim lightweight fight between Habib and just, I mean, Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje. And now it's supposedly going to happen at Tai Chi Palace in Fresno. They were also building a Linmore, Linmore, California. Linmore, California. My fault. Come on, Jose. My Jesus. fault. My fault. Fresno is the closest real city, but yeah, Linmore. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, obviously, well, people know people know the name Fresno. They could probably kind of geographically yeah. put that in the same location. I'll just say up northern California. Um, and since then, there was going to be a fight island that was supposedly going to happen. Our own Guillermo Cruz wrote this article that all the basically all the Brazilian fighters on UFC 250 couldn't even get into the states, including Jose Aldo, Lil Nog, Betchko Hea, Shogun Hua. That fight was supposedly Henderson Hudo was going to fight Dominic Cruz. And then yesterday, the apparently UFC 249 is postponed, not canceled, as Dana White said, after what the governor called Disney. Disney called ESPN, ESPN called UFC and said, probably shouldn't put this fight card on. And now is that UFC 249 is officially postponed after weeks of will they, won't they? So, Brian, I'll start with you. What has, uh. As someone on the UFC roster, what has the last 24 hours been like for you learning that a card is now postponed after so much? Uh, I don't want to say controversy, but like, as I said, too many questions surrounding this event. Now it's postponed. Yeah, it's been crazy, man. I feel like I feel like as like, you know, fight fans and, and, and the hardcore fight fans, especially like just completely forget about like the safety and the uh, the right thing to do. We just like selfishly want to see fights. So there's a lot of people out there that are like, man, like we want this to happen. Like, let's go. Let's go. Like kind of cheering for Dana White. But then there's like the rational people out there that are like, well, this is not the right thing to do. This is craziness. I don't know why he won't just give in. And that's because, you know, he's got that ego and he's got that no quit attitude. He wants to be the standout guy that that pulls off some crazy scenario where, you know, he's the quote unquote hero of the situation. And uh, I think it was just, you know, kind of better off the way that things ended off. I think, you know, let time settle, let this kind of, you know, come down and go away a little bit and then things will get back to normal. So you were in the mindset that this probably wouldn't have, like we've talked to a few <clears throat> fighters and they were saying that they can't even, they, they didn't believe the fight was going to happen considering what was going to like, like Casey has been saying every day there's, is a different, like more things happen. Like we had all these interviews we did two, four to eight hours ago of fighters talking about like Francis Ngannou was on what the heck and he, with Mike Heck and he was talking about fighting at UFC 249 and now he's not fighting at UFC 249. So uh, did you believe this fight was going to happen like say seven days ago were you in the mindset like i don't think this fight card is going to happen considering every single day more and more stuff comes out I like. I honestly thought it was gonna go down with the way things were going. You know, about a week ago, with the way Dana was acting, he seemed like confident. You can't tell with him, you know. And uh, I feel for the fighters though that are that were on that card that were like, you know, cutting weight in that process where they're like getting ready to really fight someone and their, you know, their mind state and everything. And then they got to deal with like, when am I gonna fight now? Like those are the guys that real that I really feel for, you know, because uh, they got to deal with that whole situation firsthand. Pizzi. What's like? What's life been like for you the last 24 hours after learning uh, UFC 249 is canceled? Considering many fans blame us, the media, for this cancellation, yeah. I know you love that narrative. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's 
I, I don't understand how that could be the case. Uh, last week, I think it was at this time last week, we were responding to criticism that we hadn't done enough for the fighters uh, that that were dropped from the UFC London card. We hadn't uh, we hadn't been giving out enough about the the amount they've been paid. Are they going to get paid? Even though we had featured several articles on the site at that point already about that, about the fact they haven't been paid, and many MMA media members have come out and spoke about that. This week, we're so critical that we've cancelled this whole thing. Which one is it? Which one is it? How did, how did it change in a week? Was that just a rousing response to you saying we weren't doing anything for UFC London? I don't understand it. Um, look, Dana White's fault, all of this stuff. Like, Dana White wanted to go ahead and, and do all of this stuff. Um, he told everyone, we're not going to get, this isn't going to stop us. We're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to do it wherever we can. We're going to make sure it happens. That gets the fighters' hopes up. That puts the fighters through this whole situation where Brian pointed out, cutting weight, um, mentally preparing for a fight um, amid a global pandemic. Uh, the, the situation is awful as it is. And, and you know, the fans' hopes are up because they're like, oh, we're so bored. We're finally going to get to see these fights. And then it, it, it's gone. And somehow that's our fault. I don't, I, I don't know how people have come to that conclusion. Um, and, and particularly... People within MMA who've come to that conclusion is mind blown to me. Is mind blown to me. Um, I don't know how Dana White's portraying himself. I don't know if he is portraying himself as a victim, but if that is the case, um, I don't know how he could possibly do that because um, you know we we were pretty sure this wasn't going to happen, like every other sport in the world. Question for everyone on this panel: So Casey, Pizzi. Apparently, me and Pizzi's name slipped because Pizzi's name is under me. And oh, yes. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It is. But question for everyone. Uh, can you remember a time where I'm sure Brian has experienced this? It's been but not in this sense. Uh, pretty severe fan backlash across the board. Some people blaming the media. Some people complaining that fighters that didn't want to fight weren't real fighters uh, if they didn't want to fight during a pandemic. Uh, like I, you see Pizzi, like do, like you see Pizzi in case we roll their eyes, but like we were getting people in the chat saying Habib was scared of fighting Tony Ferguson. <laughs> that and that's that why happened. he pulled out of the fight. So Brian, I'll start with you. Can you remember, like, I don't, I don't know the phrase toxic, maybe, maybe, um, such a severe sweeping backlash just across the board like everyone's trying to blame everyone am i wrong no yeah you're right i feel like everyone's just going crazy right now with this situation being isolated and and just you know one you know it's it's a mental health issue too to be stuck like this and have to deal with this kind of life after you know never experiencing something like this and now you're you're just getting frustrated you have no entertainment and this and that uh so i think people are just getting uh you know uptight about that and it's coming out on social media and there's a lot of hate that already goes on with with mma and, and fighters and stuff like that but this is just you know making it a little bit more intense i feel and uh you know i think it's kind of ridiculous though like to, to say that about khabib that he, you know he's scared to fight we you know a guy like that that has never lost a fight that's fought pretty much anybody that's been thrown at him and now they're talking oh he, he ran away to russia and this and that i don't know it's just craziness going on right now is it a good time is it a good time to like just like it's been toxic for a long time right but it feels like it's it's reached saturation point with this incident like i mean i, I the things i see written on their articles um about certain fighters say young upcoming fighters and you know go and kill yourself this kind of shit like this is this is pretty normal in in for mma on twitter and stuff like that and, and it's ridiculous like it, it's it's horrible the it, at this point like people can't even go on Twitter. It's that annoying what's happening. I think, you know, whoever contributed to it, maybe we all contributed to it. Whatever happened, 
I think this is a nice time to draw a line in the sand and really think about like what what are you putting out in the world there? There's a reason these people don't have their names and their faces attached to these accounts because they wouldn't be employed. If people looked them up online and they're shitting all over some 21-year-old's dreams because they have nothing better to do with their lives. You know, like they, it, it's just I think it's time we kind of we we have a look at the way we're behaving online there because it's 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 a cesspool at the moment to be honest. You know, I actually had a couple people actually go to me like tweet at me or whatever and just say things like hey like this is just twitter it's just the internet this isn't real i'm like what are you talking about i'm a real person are you a real person the other people <laughs> like it was a couple other journalists too they're real people like this is communication in the modern life like this is real like like in, what, in like the 1910s when someone like said something rude on a telephone you know where you're like oh this isn't real it's just audio it's like no this is <laughs> this is real like when you say things these are I don't know. I'm a real person. I'm, I'm assuming you're a real person. So I just don't, I don't know. It's just, it's a bad time. It's a bad time. Um, I used to say, I, I used to think, oh, the worst MMA Twitter guy was like, oh, I thought this fight was, went the wrong way. I thought that was a good decision. And then people were like, oh, you're a stupid idiot. You know, and that's about as worse as it got. <laughs> but now I'm all like, yeah, I don't think we should have this fight because I don't want to see, you know, a, a couple, another, you know, hundred, you no, know, a thousand people might die from the spread. And like, oh, you, you know, it's like we're talking, we're talking about something <laughs> so bigger than prize fighting right now. And I, I just, it's a, it's not a good time. <laughs> it's not, um, Brian, if, the, if these fights were going on, would you have still going on and this wasn't postponed and the UFC called you up for a fight? Would you take a fight? I mean, Stephen Thompson spoke with our own Mike Heck and he said he doesn't know if he would because he his reason was he lives in South Carolina and there's a quote unquote lot of elderly people in South Carolina. And he also teaches kids classes. He didn't want to bring that back. Same as Joe Lowe's on his wife is actually a nurse and he didn't want to get sick and then prob possibly give it to her. And then she brings that to the hospital. So you yeah. see these fighters are thinking of more than just fighting. They're thinking of like the bigger picture, but you yourself personally, would you take a fight if the UFC called you right now? Yeah, well, it's 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 hard to say because like with this, you know, fighting is such a selfish sport. We're like we're used to being selfish with this, but at this moment, it's kind of like you got to take yourself back and look at the big picture. And uh, with me, you know, I got my parents here and stuff, and I think that's my main focus. Is like it'd be selfish for me to go into the gym and get you know some training partners together and try to really prepare for a fight and take the risk of me getting sick, which I might not, you know, I might be asymptomatic and not feel a thing, but then I pass it on to like my parents or someone else I come across and you know then you got to deal with the guilt of what happens if, if you you get someone else sick and that's my main fear so for me it's hard because of one, at one point I look at it as this is my job you're going to tell me I can't go to work but then at the other side I'm like well I fought in January like for me personally I'm okay like money wise I have a lot of money saved and I've been smart but some people aren't in that case like they have they're desperate to fight for money to feed their kids. So how are you going to tell them don't fight? Yeah, like, I mean, we, we've talked about this a lot, Brian, um, over the last few weeks. And there's a major difference the way the athletes in MMA are speaking about this compared to every other sport, right? Like, um, I was saying, Wayne Rooney, who, who's a famous football, a soccer player, he uh, he's on probably like 100-odd thousand a week. And when they asked him, like, oh, are you desperate to come back and play football? He's like, no, like, yeah. not until everything's safe. I, I don't care. But, like, I mean, we don't want to go back on until everyone's safe. If MMA fighters were getting real money, real proper pay, we wouldn't have a lot of these complaints happen. I really believe that. Like, I mean, if they, if they were compensated the way 
other professional athletes were, I don't think we would have MMA managers on Twitter saying, damn you, media, you know, you, you ruined it all. I think I think that's a big factor here as well. There is a, like, as you said, you, you've got that uh, a bonus there. So it's not it's not as a pressing issue for you. But I can fully understand um, fighters being online and getting frustrated. Like, we, we want to fight. We want to earn money. Right. Like, I, yeah. I think that's a, that's a big situation, a big part of this as well. Yeah, and it, it's it's a scary time with that said because of the fact that you know the the unknown, the fear of like when will I fight? If I don't fight right now, you know how many months will go by? And then they got to book a lot of these guys that were already booked. They got to put them first on the front line. So anybody else is going to be put on the back burner and might have to wait even longer to get a fight. Mm. Well, yeah. Well, I got a lot. Of, like I've been look. I follow a lot of my. I have a lot of friends in like other sports uh, covering various other sports. As PC said, like Wayne Rooney was, wasn't in a rush to get back. I know there's some basketball players in a rush to get back considering they their season was paused midway through. And they were like in that mile. Like it would be like a fighter in the middle of fight camp. Their fight gets canceled. They're obviously going to be upset because they're in the middle of their sport. Um, so like, Athletes like LeBron James saying, like, this is a bummer just because we were clicking on a certain level and now we're off. But baseball hadn't started. Football hasn't started. But those contracts, a lot of them get, are guaranteed. I think a lot of contracts in basketball are guaranteed. The, Football, the, I did the, not. The NBA actually just said that um, everyone's getting paid, you know, the, yeah. the staff. So they just. The yeah. thing with baseball was a lot of the minor leaguers make so little money during the season that a lot of them have jobs outside of baseball and they weren't getting paid because they weren't like on the major league rosters or anything like that. I don't know the exact why, like why. So a lot of professional players are like paying or like giving money to like from their contracts, like to minor league baseball to pay them because they remember that grind. So, uh, but cool. MMA, like Pete said, it's a weird sport. Like Ashley Evans Smith, she was on our show and she flew to London for the fight and then had to fly back whenever she found out her fight got canceled on social media, flew back. And now she's like, I don't even know if I'm getting paid. And I flew all the way to London and didn't fight. Like it's not her fault. She didn't fight. So, uh, she stole medical supplies. So she deserved that. No, I was kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That was so convincing as well. I was like, Oh shit. (laughs) I was just like, well, buckle in right now. We got to go. I imagine, Brian, you're probably happy you weren't in the middle of fight camp and you got your fight in before this pandemic hit. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it, honestly, like timing wise, it worked out perfect for me. And it's crazy because I got cr- I got like badly sick on the way home from that fight. Wow. I think I mentioned this, but like I might have for all I know, I had it because it was fe- I was like 102, 103 fever. Jesus. Then it was like sinus stuff and a cough, you know, and it's like all the symptoms that I'm like, maybe I had it before they named it. I don't know, because I was coming home on the plane and I started feeling sick. But, uh, yeah, like timing wise, you know, it was perfect to get a fight out of the way in January, get the bonus. Like I could not fight for like till the end of the year and be okay. But, uh, you know, a lot of people can't say the same. So I feel for them. And a lot of fighters are finding out they're no longer fighting the same way we're finding out. I think Eddie Wineland (laughs) found he was supposed to fight Cheeto Vera on the Columbus card. And then found out he was no longer fighting Cheeto Vera at UFC 249 when Dana White unveiled the card. Like UFC.com put the, the, the graphic out and it said, I think it was like Ray Borg versus Cheeto Vera or something like that. And Eddie Wineland's like, well, I guess I'm not fighting Cheeto Vera anymore. Like, thanks for letting me know. Oh, my God, man. That's terrible. <laughs> what? 
why doesn't UFC call fighters? Like this has been <laughs> like, like this has been a reoccurring theme. Seriously, for the last decade, I remember this just working in MMA media, and it's always like every level of fight, big fights, small fights, you know, curtain jerkers, main events. Everyone's like, I found out through the media. I found out through Twitter. I was taking I was taking a dump. I looked at my phone. I'm like, oh, fights off. You know, like yeah. What, that, is, that, what that, is that about? Like, and he he didn't know like that that like that's what you're saying like big fights i mean that was the co-main event the UFC london when he was on eurobash he was like i didn't even know that was off so it's you know it's crazy brian like well, as wait, fighters I, I, we're like the outsiders and like the managers kind of do the middle work and and sometimes we don't even know like what is what like are they are we getting the truth here or like you know did they negotiate this the way we wanted it or what happened in the middle sometimes i don't, like fights fall through and like i don't really hear anything and i have to almost like hey man like what's going on with that oh yeah no it's it's not happening <laughs> jesus christ like at, like Going back to Ashley, like when her fight with Molly McCann fell out on the UFC London card, like they started DMing each other. Like, mm -hmm. are we still fighting? Yeah. Uh, and then that's like, so they were finding out the same way everyone was finding out. But uh, when I when she said that, I did, it just honestly didn't surprise me. Like, it's a problem. But I've seen that, like Casey said, it's happened enough times uh, that it didn't it didn't surprise me. Yeah. Casey, any other questions from our lovely listeners? Oh, we got a bunch. Of them. We have. We got a bunch. We got a bunch. Hold on a second. I definitely don't blame us. Yeah. Um, you know, but actually, uh, we never really answered the actual main question. But Dana White painting himself as a victim, and actually, I don't. I don't I think don't he painted. I don't did. think he painted himself as a victim. Yeah. I think if anything, me he painted himself as someone. You know, I'm working tirelessly to get this to happen, yeah. which I believe he did. But my only actual real criticism for Dana White is that I really felt he gave fighters and fans false hope in the sense that instead of just saying like, this is a long shot, but we're going to try our best rather than saying, you know, which is the truth. It was a long shot, but he was trying his best. And I just, it was just a lot of false hope. And I feel the fans kind of got a little hurt by that. That's yeah. It. I don't know if he, I don't know if he painted himself as a victim at all. I mean, I went on that Instagram live he was doing and when he hung up, he looked so heartbroken and dejected and his words were like, I'm going to go sleep for three days. I'm really tired guys. Like he generally looked like he hadn't slept in a week. And then when this fell apart, it broke his heart. So, uh, I don't know if he painted himself as a victim. I yeah. that I've, that I've personally seen, right. uh, is this a question that you're putting up? Yeah. Yeah. It's from a YouTube, yeah. From, um, ice King on our YouTube comments. Which three current active MMA fighters would you pick to save the Earth realm in Mortal Kombat? Who would you pick? Keep in mind that the final boss would be Goro, a.k.a. Francis Ngannou, with Henry Cejudo on his belt. <laughs> 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 well, I have never played Mortal Kombat in my entire life. I've never, like, I didn't grow up with video games. So uh, I understand it's a ladder process where you fight and move up. So, PT, I'll start with you. Three current MMA fighters would you pick to save Earth in Mortal Kombat type tournament? I'm gonna bring uh, Boom first of all because maybe he can like we can evade the violence and he could rap to them to you know what I mean and, and calm them down a bit and be like oh hang on you guys are actually all right and I'll be like yeah we don't even need to beat the shit out of these guys I'll sing so to him get him relaxed yeah. beautiful you know what I mean we we don't even want to start the play violence him, here play him a little sing. you know oh oh oh, oh, oh. Let us <laughs> hey wait, wait. Yeah. I want to hear some notes. <laughs> Let, let's leave that for the promo. Let's right. take that ukulele out again for the promo. So that Brian Boom, I'd need some kind of lunatic. Um, give me like, uh, 
oh, Paul Daly be good to have because he just needs to touch a guy with his left hand. They're dead. So I'm going to pick Paul Daly, Brian Boom. Let's not try and get them not to fight each other as we're going around saving the world. Uh, do I have one more? Yeah. Neil Siri. Neil Siri, Irish flyweight. Keep me in check. <laughs> Brian, your thoughts? Three fighters you got to pick to save the world in a Mortal Kombat-style tournament. I'm going to go with uh, John Jones because he's going to have a little carry conceal action. We know that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with, uh, let's see, <laughs> Khabib because he could probably hold anybody down for as long as we need. That's uh, and then one more, one more. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to go with Demetrius Johnson because he's got that speed, that versatility. You can't, you can't catch him. You don't know what's coming, so unpredictability. Casey, your thoughts? I don't know if you've ever played Mortal Kombat. I'm going, Mr. Mr. Brian Kelleher. Oh, thank you. You guys make me feel so strong. The man's a badass. <laughs> the man's a badass. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Izzy, and oh, yeah. this is the third one that everyone forgot. Roxanne Modafari. because she's oh, actually shit, she's yeah. actually dressed up as Mortal Kombat characters for a weigh-in. Sure, sure. So she she knows yeah. the moves. She knows all of the. Because all the combos, you know, so Roxanne yeah. Modafari. They'll underestimate her for sure. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say Daniel Cormier would make a great addition because when he's not fighting, he'll be on the sidelines being a phenomenal coach. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, watch out for this. What, who is Mortal Kombat's the one with, uh, what, Sub-Zero, right? Yeah. And Scorpion, yeah. Is, is Scorpion the one with the chain? That's Come the over here! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll be like, watch out for that chain move, guy. And then he'll like probably break it down for me phenomenally. So uh, definitely adding Daniel Cormier to my squad as he can play coach, too. He's a player coach, if you would. I'd say Stoilben is a good show. He's definitely played Mortal Kombat before. There's no doubt about that. Oh, uh, Jared Cannon there, too. Chris, the, the, the crystal captain right there. Uh, he's a big DBZ <laughs> video game fan, too. So I'll add Jared Cannon there to my team. And I don't know. I honest to God, Demetrius Johnson's a good one. He he probably has played Mortal Kombat a thousand times. He knows what to look for. <laughs> all right, all right. question, by the way. Thanks, Ice King. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. From Trumbo on the oh, side. This is a mess. I, 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 can I just say before this happens, I can't even keep up with the shit that's going on outside <laughs> of the coronavirus thing. So I'm actually fine now with this. Probably like you know, I, I know I've heard it before, but I haven't been able to really put a lot of energy into it so give me time on this one please <laughs> well brian it's brian's uh weight class so we'll let him answer first bantamweight title so aldo was booked dropped out to travel restrictions Cruz jumped in and then the card was postponed the card resumes question is who gets the next shot Cruz, aldo Cruz has been inactive for almost three years aldo has one fight at bantamweight and lost a split decision who deserves it neither also, imagine a future Aldo versus Cruz fight. Craziness. Bantamweight goat versus featherweight goat. First of all, I love Aldo versus Cruz. I've always wanted to see that fight, even back in the WEC days. So, Brian, this is your weight class. What do you make of, before you answer the question, what do you make of this, this never-ending drama at the top of the 135-pound division right now? I'll tell you what, there's a whole lot of blue balls going on in this band <laughs> right now. Everyone's getting led on. It's unbelievable. And then you gotta you gotta feel for the uh, the Sterlings and the Yans, the guys who really like earned their 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 number one contendership essentially, and then like, you know, no, nah, we're gonna bring it out though, and then he gets wiped out. It's like, oh no, Cruz is feeling better now, so we're gonna bring him in. Uh, he's a legend, right? So 
it's just wild, man. And like, you don't know what's going to happen because when the when all the dust settles, like they're probably going to go back to the original plan if they could still make it happen. And then Cruz is probably going to get left out and have to fight someone else. Maybe a number one contender fight with one of those two. Um, maybe for actually for Aljamain and for Jan, this is a good thing because who knows if maybe they get a chance because now, you know, they're ready to go at that point. So uh, it's it's really confusing stuff. Like we don't know what's going to happen when everything gets uh, gets settled in. PC, your thoughts on you're saying you're learning about this stuff via our commenters on the site. So what do you make of this uh, this drama at the 135 pound division? It's quite a pickle, it's in our right. Let's be honest, it's uh, it's a situation at 135. Um, I've been saying Piotr Jan deserves it for a long time, um, and I feel like he is going to be the the odd man out here because he. You know, what's the usual excuse? He can't speak English as well as the other lads. <laughs> He's not allowed in. Um, I, I I think it's a mess. I think it was messy straight away when they put Aldo in. Aldo's a legend. I'm not trying to criticize Aldo at all. I'm not trying to get his his career canceled or anything like that before people jump up and down. I just feel like, uh, I feel like it already kind of started off in a tricky situation. And now with Cruz being involved and they've left Aljo and Jan out again, it's kind of like where, where, what is happening here? Like, what, how are you deciding who is the title contender in this division? Um, it's a messy one, and I do agree that Cruz and Aldo will be a hell of a fight. But um, I think it's it's messy all over the place. Like fifty five as well. Justin Gaethje's got his hopes up for a title fight. Like, you know what happens there? I mean, the guy's killed himself. The guy made like lost twelve pounds in a couple of days. Uh, when when we heard from him last week, I mean, it's it's a very messy situation and. The UFC owe a lot of people favors, but will they actually pay these guys back these favors? This is what Aljamain Sterling was saying to Damon Martin, I believe, earlier in the week. Like, all these fighters going, oh, yeah, I'll do it, jumping in at short notice, you know. Um, Will they ever get, like, um, any kind of compensation for that in terms of favor, in terms of fights? I don't know. Um, I don't know if I answered the question either, but uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) They could well, probably make a, cool, like a, a bantamweight tournament, something like that. Like they could probably awesome. make a really cool one, you know. It would be it would be like if they had a belt if they had a bantamweight Grand Prix, I would love it because uh, Peter Yan was supposed to fight uh, Marlon Moraes in the main event of, of an upcoming card in June. Marlon beat Jose Aldo, and he's still the number one fighter. So if you're just going off of the rankings, like how is he not number one contender after knocking off Aldo? Uh, Alzerman was supposedly fighting Corey Sandhagen, who's now kind of on the outside looking in. Frankie Edgar still hasn't made his bantamweight debut. I personally want to see Dominic Cruz versus Frankie Edgar. I've been asking for that fight forever. Uh, two of the best people, two of the best footwork, cardio, five-round fight on a fight night card. I Sign me up. Um, I want to see Algermain fight Peter Jan very badly, uh, considering those, like, if either one of those two were getting a bantamweight <laughs> if either one of those fighters... We're giving the title shot over Aldo. Like, I know PT has been calling for Peter Jan's uh, title shot longer than anyone I know. But if they gave that title shot to Alzheimer's Sterling, I don't know if he would complain because he's also put in a lot of the work. No, they're in in level pegging. They are right there, 1A, 1B. If they fought the winner of that, there's no question they get the next Bantamweight title shot. And I just selfishly want to see Frank Hager fight Dominic Cruz, two guys that hadn't, like, Frank Hager never fought a Bantamweight. 
Cruz wants a big name when he comes back, doesn't get bigger than Frankie Edgar. And then Cody Garbrandt supposedly still has to fight a Sunsau, and then he's going to go back down to flyweight. So there's a lot of things that can happen in the bantamweight picture. But I like Brian's idea. I want to see a Grand Prix so badly because you can't argue with the tournament, right? Like we always talk about these rankings. You can't really argue like you beat this guy, you move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. And it's also a great way to... <laughs> it's also a great way to introduce um, fighters, like the top, the top, uh, the higher echelon fighters to the, the broader public, right? Because I think a lot of casual fans would tune in to see a, a tournament in that respect. And then, like, they're seeing these big name guys, like, even if there's a Faber involved, you know, although these guys are legends of the sport, synonymous with the sport, and it, it gets to, to bleed in a whole new generation of uh, bantamweights. I think that's a brilliant idea, Brian. Also, Brian, before I know this isn't going to be a question from the fans, but we had this question. uh, Who was it? Two when when Joe Lozon was on, uh, someone asked. uh, T.J. Dillashaw says that the UFC is going to give him an immediate title shot whenever he returns. You're already shaking your head. What do you think about that? (laughs) Well, the funny thing is, I completely forgot about Dillashaw. Like he's another one. Like that's why the tournament's (laughs) such a good idea because they can clear up all this confusion in a legitimate way. Like you know, after the tournament's said and done, nobody can really complain what happens at the end. Like okay, you you deserve it. Like you are you ended up here from beating all these guys. So. Man, like, what is a real punishment here? Like, get paid millions of dollars, right? Like, and then, you know, get popped for steroids, have, you know, multiple businesses due to having all those millions of dollars, and then coming back and getting an instant title shot. Like, great. Like, put some EPO in my system. Also, I just want to say if this whole scenario that we've talked about, like kind of people are going to comment like, oh, who does Jose Aldo going to fight in your scenario? Jose Aldo versus your eye favorite two at Bantamweight. I, I wanted that fight in December. I thought that should have been the fight in December rather than Aldo Marlin mm-hmm. and uh, Faber. Yes. I love Aldo Faber at 135. Mm-hmm. That's WBC day. WC never die. I'll say, I'll say that forever. <laughs> Casey's having a blast. With these, I'm just waiting for someone to chop up uh, Brian just talking about EPO and putting it under every USADA article ever. Put us, put some EPO in me for Christ's sake! You get a knock on my door any second now. <laughs> oh my so, um, so Brian, if, if they do that tournament, I think you and uh, TJ first round. I think that sounds pretty good. Hey, let's do it, man. Let's do it. I wonder what's going on too with USADA right now, because I'll be honest, like nobody's showing up at my house in quite some time. I don't think they want to deal with any, uh, you know, closed distance. With I would people, imagine. So. We, we we released a statement from them on our site. What was it? they basically said? There's no USADA testing right now, right? Is that correct? Yeah, They're now's doing the time. They're doing their well, best. Doing their best. Yeah. Luckily for us, like you can't t- you can't test positive for crystals, Brian, and we know that's all you're taking into your system. That's fine. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent tiger's eye right here. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, man. I just discovered the sound effects button. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Go on. Casey, uh, any more questions we got? I know you said we had a bunch. Uh, I, I, I quit paying attention. Sorry. <laughs> Hold on. We got, I, just joking. We got a lot more. Uh, let me take that one off. Thank you, Trumbo. I look, I'll always look forward to your questions. He's one of our commenters every single episode. From Coffee Man 808, 
The world of MMA aside, since it's not existing at present, any Netflix recommendations at Jose Young? There's an S in Jose Young's, by the way. People always forget that. PT Carroll, Brian Boom, hashtag the A side. So, PT, I'll start with you this time. Any Netflix recommendations? I have a yeah. feeling I know what you're going to say. I mean, we, we've gone through Target King. Everyone that knows uh, knows that it's important viewing in this time. I um, still haven't seen it. Boo! Play the sound effects, Casey. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Say, say, say it again, Jose. Have you seen it? I still haven't seen that tomfoolery that you call a show called Tiger King. Feed him to the tigers. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's exactly what I needed. Um, if you haven't watched it, I know um, I know it's been out a while already, but I thought it was brilliant. Um, that, that Defiant Ones documentary with uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, or what's his name? so good. Yeah, it's amazing. I thought it was really inspirational, actually, when I watched it. For anyone who loves like the history of hip hop, that is a phenomenal. But even, but even not hip hop. Like, I mean, it goes right back to Bruce Springsteen, John Lennon, things like that. I mean, the the whole connection of that rock and roll movement in the seventies to the to the nineties, uh, the early hip hop movement is incredible. I, I thought it was brilliant. I, I'd really recommend that anyone who has even a vague interest in pop culture or music should watch that. Definitely. Could not recommend that documentary enough more. Brian, any Netflix recommendations for our listeners? I'm not a huge Netflix guy. I watch more like podcasts and stuff, but like I started the Ozark, which I know a lot of people are on that now after Tiger King. So I started that and that was pretty interesting so far, but I'm only like one episode in right now. So uh, <laughs> I got to get get watching, but I, I'm watching more like podcasts like Below the Belt uh, mm-hmm. with Brendan Schaub and Joey Diaz and Kill Tony. I watch all, the, all those funny podcasts. Yeah, Lou Joey Diaz, crazy. Casey, our phenomenal cameraman director. Any, I don't, you know as well as I do, I don't watch a lot of TV, so I'll let you answer this one. Netflix, I'll even throw Hulu, Amazon Prime, HBO, yeah. anything you guys want to talk about. Um, for net for Netflix, um, I would just recommend starting watching all of BoJack Horseman. I think that's the best. Oh one. yes, I think it's like the one, of the maybe top two or three best animated series ever. On um. On uh, actually on Amazon Prime, I really recommend if you're into sci-fi, which I'm not into sci-fi, but it is such a good series. I am into sci-fi now. This series called The Expanse, and um, it's super good. They have four seasons up there. It's, Expanse is super well done. And uh, what else am I starting watching? Um, and there's a bunch of stuff. I mean, like just fine things. I mean, the stuff I like, you may not like. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot of great nature. Like I love planet, the planet, all the planet earth documentaries that are on Netflix. Um, those are great. The, the, all the, um, uh, what's it called? Um, blue planet documentaries, frozen planet, all these, um, just incredibly well-made, well, um, written, incredible cinematography. Um, all the planet earth, um, blue planet documentaries. I highly recommend watching those on Netflix. All the Attenborough stuff, right, Casey? The what? David Attenborough yeah, doing yeah. all the narration on those. He's amazing. Yes, sir. I would say I finally. What's the What's the vampire movie show that you, oh, I watched at your house? I forgot. Yes, um, it's on Hulu. Watch um, what we do. Uh, what we do in shadows. Hang on, yes. that's that's a that's a series. I watched the movie. I didn't know it was a series. Yeah, no, it was a movie, a, and they made it a series. Became, the second season's about to come out. That show is so funny. Oh man, that is hilarious. Never that, seen it. Uh, check that out, Brian. It's so funny, man. It's ridiculous. What, what's that called? What is it? What we, what do, we in do in shadows. the shadows. It's what a we do in the shadows. A bunch okay. of like millennial old vampires that live on Staten Island. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll check it out. 
It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. If, you're, if you are from or have spent any long extended period of time in New York, specifically Staten Island, it is so funny. Uh, yeah. But it's also like have like it has vampires and what have you. But it, I can't recommend it enough. It is so funny. Those same guys made Flight of the Concords as well. Yeah. That's yeah. a brilliant. That's very funny. I think that's brilliant. And another very funny thing. If you haven't seen it, I'm so jealous of you. Eastbound and Down. I think that's of one of the funniest things yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Like I was crying the first time I watched that. I was just like like shouting and crying. Like. Ah! watching it it's I hilarious i heard they based that character off of uh john rocker the baseball player and that yeah, yeah, it's, um, i hate that guy so i didn't like i i was immediately turned off by it um big hero what else i watch uh ooh, i started watching legion which is based off of an x-men comic book holy crap Casey, you gotta watch that I, that I, is I, I, I watched the first season and i wasn't I didn't like the lead. The, the lead character, kind of the the actor, kind of annoyed uh, me. The first season is the worst season. Oh, it is. Um, okay, well, by far, because uh, you get well, that's their get fault. That's their the fault for doing a shitty first season. Why are we gonna watch the second season if the first season is shit? Well, I'm pretty sure they thought it was gonna get canceled after season one, and then people Jesus. really liked it because it ended after season one, pretty much. Well, it almost did. Um, it has a lot of characters from what we do in the shadows is in that uh, in that too, and uh, the documentaries on Nas on Amazon Prime is so is phenomenal. I, he's one of my favorite musicians anyway, and the documentary on Chris Claremont, one of the great X Men creators, also on Amazon Prime. Couldn't recommend those two enough. Whew, that's enough. That's pretty much all the shows I watch. Period. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Uh, Casey, any more? Oh, yeah. I got, a, I got a great one coming up. Hold on. Hold on. I can get rid of that one. Where'd that question go? I lost it. Do, uh, do, 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 do. Talk amongst yourselves. Oop. So everyone noticed that Pete's not wearing a hat? <laughs> oh, wait. This, is, this question's so small. <laughs> can, can you read it? From Frank Furter, Golden Grams, Lucky Charms, or Fruity Pebbles? Well, Fruity Pebbles is immediately out of the race for me. What? I'm not a Fruity Pebbles guy. Because they got the Fruity Pebbles with the marshmallows now, though. That's my jam right there. Cereal has changed so much, I don't even know. I don't don't really eat much cereal. Lucky Charms and Golden Grams are two 10 out of 10 cereals, so I couldn't pick this one right now. Pizza, your thoughts? Um, this is going to hurt a lot of people. I have never eaten any of those cereals in my life. Have so, some more. <laughs> now, yes, of course, my family owned the brand, but I haven't tried it before. <laughs> Are you like a drug dealer? Like you don't, you don't, you don't, um, you don't eat your own stash? <laughs> don't get high off your own yeah, supply, yeah. yeah. Shit, man, I'm all fucked up on Lucky Charms again. <laughs> Brian, can you name all the marshmallows in Lucky Charms? There's, no, name. There's names for the marshmallows. What? Yeah, Character. they're in shapes, man. They're in shapes. That's your, that's your Are they like Fiacre and like Padder? What's it? Is it Irish? No, name? there's actually in the old I, commercials there was like a little uh, uh, jingle that they would he would sing. So Casey, can you name all of them without looking it up? Oh no! Not, oh, it's oh, horseshoes. <laughs> that's clovers. About it. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Horseshoes, clovers, horseshoes, something, clovers and balloon, pots of golden rainbows, and the red balloon. I can't remember the second one. I remember yeah, when I was younger, I loved the marshmallows so much, I would eat around them and, like, save them for the end, so it was just straight marshmallows. And, and, <laughs> and you drank the, the milk afterward? Yeah, yeah, you drink the milk. It's delicious, man. Can you, they, can you uh, explain to me what, what the charms are again, just so I can tell you is if these are actually anything to do with Irish culture whatsoever, because that's what it's... it's, it's uh, go for it. It's... Uh, it's is that horseshoes. Some nope. horseshoes. Cl- nope. Horseshoes. Something. Clovers. Yeah, we have them. Uh, Diamonds. Half moon. Pots of nope. golden. 
Pots of gold. We're all broke. Lies. Rainbows. Rain. Not rainbows. Yeah, go ahead. And a red balloon. What the fuck is a red balloon all about? Why wouldn't it be a green balloon? Because they already have green because they had a clover. So they don't want, uh, they want to get all the work. Look, Charms, give me a call. We can make this more authentic, okay? A million dollars, I'll sit down with you guys for 15 minutes, and we can make it happen. All right, there you go. Win or learn, Pizzi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, Zay, we got a comment from a YouTube YouTuber. From Esther Uh-oh. Lynn. I'm Uh-oh. partial to cinnamon, ooh, cinnamon Toast Crunch, 10 out of 10 cereal, instead of Golden Grams in terms of square cereals. But Golden <laughs> Graham, great. Phenomenal. <laughs> Comment, Esther. Could not agree more. Star. I like eggs. Stars. That's Boop. the one I couldn't remember. Stars. <laughs> Let's go eggs. Let's go eggs. <laughs> it's the best breakfast. Oh, oh man. We, we have a lot. We have a lot of opinions on cereal. Uh, you guys ruined cereal. Awful. You serious <laughs> be cool. You fucking ruined the whole thing. We could have been eating cereal this weekend if it wasn't for you guys. If it was, if, if they said That's pick the any Lucky Charms commercial. Right they said... <laughs> If they said pick any cereal, I would have to say uh, Waffle Crisp was the best cereal growing up. That was by far my favorite of the square cereals. Or the uh, French Toast Crunch that had that limited time around. That was also a 10 out of 10 cereal. And now I understand why a lot of Americans are obese when I'm hearing <laughs> all this stuff. <laughs> what you going to say? We can't all have I used English to like mix cereals, like three different cereals in one bowl and just get all these different flavors. I may or may have not hit the pipe before that, but... Uh, <laughs> Why not get, get creative, man? <laughs> what's what's your what's your your favorite like? The, um, some cereals have different they have different levels. Some cereals taste really good in the first like 15, 30 seconds. Some cereals taste better after they've been kind of soaking toward the bottom, you know, the bottom of the bowl for a little bit, you know, like there's different levels. Cereal you know? talk. Yeah, yeah. Fruity Pebbles taste good for your first spoon, and then they're terrible. Yeah, yeah after. but three good bites of Fruity Pebbles, <laughs> then it just goes downhill. Yeah. And you have zero Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops are the worst. And I like Captain Crunch, but it cuts my mouth up too much. I know Pete cares so much about them. Fucking hell, they cut your mouth up. Yeah, man, they're all like jagged. It's like eating a bowl of shrapnel (laughs) with milk on it. A bowl of Jelly Ranchers or something. (laughs) Captain Crunch mouth? Captain Crunch mouth? Yeah. Yeah. See? Exactly. Casey knows what's up. I also got no... I have scars on top of my mouth, I think, yeah. Just some scrambled eggs, guys. So, Pizza, here we go. Here are all the marshmallows. Oh, I got them. It's hearts, stars, no. horses, no. clovers, no. Yeah. Um, pots of gold and rainbows, pots of gold true. and rainbows, and the red balloon. Yeah. Literally clover and nothing else. <laughs> That's all you got right there, guys. They just must have got an Irish fella shift face, and they're like, here, what, what's Ireland? He's like, uh, red balloons? I don't know. You're going <laughs> to keep on you're gonna keep on giving me drinks if I keep on run, wait, randomly naming Wait, wait are, you, are, are you suggesting an Irishman got shit faced? What is going on here? <laughs> they should just have, like, fucking Guinness. <laughs> but the trademark issue would be, it would be a horror. Astro Lynn also chiming in. Captain Crunchmouth <laughs> is a real thing. 100% it's a real oh, thing. Yeah. Every time I eat it, I just don't want to eat anything for the rest of the day because my mouth is just all carved up like a fucking jack-o'-lantern. T- tins, of, <laughs> tins of Coca-Cola do that to me. It feels like my teeth are talking to me after I have one. Like, it's just like, <laughs> you know, so bad for your mouth. Oh, wait. You know what? Uh, I like this question. And... We can adjust it for Brian. Can you read it? Ooh, best and worst fight night meal while covering <laughs> events or, or fighting. So, oh, yeah. Brian, what was best and worst fight night meals for a fighter, I'll say? 
Fight night meal. Well, for a fight, like if I'm actually fighting that night, I guess yeah. I guess your post post meal maybe like oh post fight meal. Okay. We're talking like all the carbs, like pastas, pizzas. Is there one in particular uh, that you just kind of remember, like that one, like oh that when you had that first bite, like, like this is my favorite food I've ever had. Um, not one specific because we go to the green room and there's like a uh, catered yeah. whole, you know, like all different variety of foods there. But I'm like, I'm a dessert guy, so I go to like the cakes and the the cookies, and I'll be dipping them in milk and stuff like that. So yeah, when I go, when we had the 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 green room, I mean the uh, the catering for a media room, I, I'll make I'll get my plate, but then I, I always eat a dessert first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but then you don't even want the plate after yeah. like that. <laughs> I always like uh, being in the media room. I don't know. Like, I'm sure Pete's seen it, too. I have no case has seen it over the years. But, like, as soon as a fighter walks by, depending on – they don't do it much in Vegas because the catering is in the back and the fighters come in from the other side. But if they have to bring in the fighter from the back past the, past the food, almost all of them grab a cookie immediately. They always grab a cookie or a can of soda because they haven't had sugar in, like, nine weeks. Yeah. yeah, it's something we normally would never eat during fight yeah. camp. So like, we're like, oh, we're gonna have that because we never get that, you know. We're like, we're like, we're, like we're all just going to town on like an entire box of pizza during yeah. a press conference in New York. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, like taking two with them. <laughs> I love it. Brian, have you ever like just uh, I guess maybe messed up and like after maybe after weigh-ins and just ate the wrong meal and like that night or that morning you're like, oh man, I fucked up. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I I have an experience where after a weigh-in, I went deep, but like I, my mind was just eating for me. Like I was eating boneless wings from like Buffalo Wild Wings and like just like sweet potato fries and like all these fried foods. And this was like after my uh, post-fight meal, which was at an Italian restaurant. So like I had already you know filled up on Italian pasta, which I don't even eat that in fight camp. I just wanted that because I'm like, oh, I don't eat this, and uh, I threw up all night. Like I was Ooh. like throwing up to like in the morning it was crazy man how how'd the fight go i'm trying to think which <laughs> fight that was if i won or i lost i don't i, pro- I probably lost that fight i don't know <laughs> does that make but does that's that's kind of kind of i always feel like when you know when like when there's big weight cuts and everyone goes well i guess that fight's happening you know when they weigh in i go dude wait till you don't know that fight's happening till the morning because but these big weight cuts and stuff because i always I, you, you get scared i mean not scared but you get nervous like, it's like, oh, man, like, I'm, like, I have to get in a fist fight in a cage in a few hours. You know, it's like, is that, like, really weighing your mind as you're eating that night, Brian? Yeah, you know, actually, not so much because, like, I feel like we're, so, like, from the weight cut, we're, like, so excited to be back to our normal selves that, like, weight cut night, we actually kind of, like, forget that we're fighting the next day. And then after, like, you be, you, you get back to normal, you're rehydrated, you're feeling, you know, fully like yourself, then you, you realize, like, then it hits you because now you're no longer focused on that. You're like, oh, okay, like, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow's going to be a serious day for me. Like, this is going down. <laughs> then, like, the nerves come and wait. Waves, but I feel like uh, the weight cut night, I'm like just so happy to be drinking fluids and like eating real meals again. So it, it takes my mind off of it. Well, the, the one the one of the interviews I've had in like this was a long time ago. This is when uh, Ryan Bader was still in the UFC and it stands out in my mind uh, when he cuts weight. He was saying he doesn't like to have solid food for a little bit like it's just all the liquids. And then he's going through his Instagram and 
he was fighting, I think, on the same card as like Bigfoot Silva, who cuts from like 300 down to like 265. And Bigfoot was eating like a deep dish pizza right after weighing in. And uh, Bader got visibly ill looking at it because he can't because his stomach shrivels up so much that he couldn't even think about eating pizza without getting sick. That's crazy, man. Uh, Artem Lavo has a great story from like a second uh, fight. And uh, he went in, he made weight. Did he make weight? No, it was that he made weight on the Thursday. They say he was weighing in the Friday and he's like delighted with himself. Like, oh, this is great. I'm on weight. Woke up in the middle of the night and drank two liters of soda. Just down the hatch. Whack, whack, whack. <laughs> had to do a separate weight cut then the morning of. And he said, like, he thought this was fine. Like, because he had hit the, the number or whatever. He was inexperienced. And, like, he tells the guys. It's, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. And everyone's like, what the fuck have you done? People are, like, running over to his house and trying to do a second cut with him and everything. Ah, oh, fucking madness. But uh, this is the game we're in. <laughs> All right. I got, I got, a, I got a question from the um, comments. From Joseph Boza, what date do you think cards will be put back on? Brett Okamoto was on Get Up this morning and thought UFC 250, so Hudo versus Cruz would be the earliest he could see UFC back. Uh, we talked about this a little bit on uh, our reaction video, and I think that's May 9th. I think it was at, yeah, yeah. So some I can't what it might have been AK, Alex Kaylee or Mike Hack. I can't remember which one said Memorial Day. Would they wouldn't be surprised if Memorial Day came back? I yeah, said Mike. I said International Fight Week would be, I bet they don't want to miss that. So, uh, Brian, when do you think the earliest we'll see UFC back on TV? I don't know, man. I, I wishful thinking. I'm I'm gonna go with June, ho hoping that you know the the weather heats up a little bit and things die down. You know, if people uh you know uh, um, do the right thing and and isolate themselves. Uh, I would imagine, you know, they say it's this is like the the peak of the virus and it's the worst time. So I imagine people are kind of like, you know, staying inside their houses and and keeping away from people, social distance, all that. So if everyone is doing the right thing, I would I would hope by June. I hope by because if if it's by June, that means we've gotten past the worst part. I think Casey said that said it best yeah. on a reaction video. Like having it back by like I want I hope it's back by May because that means we've gone past the worst of this scenario. Uh, Pizza, you weren't on the reaction video, so when do you think we'll see uh, fights back on TV? I know a lot of people are going to find this hard to believe, but I, in fact, I'm not a scientist, so <laughs> I don't know. Uh, guess guess what? Scientists don't even fucking know. So, uh, I don't know. September. Fucking maybe July. Uh, June. Who knows? I don't I don't have a clue. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. I'm just in the business of getting MMA events canceled. Not, not deciding when it's going to kick off again, for Christ's sake. You don't know until you know, right? Because science yeah. just keeps changing. So. Yeah, yeah. Motherfuckers keep evolving the game. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think... It, I think it's going to be at least... Six months before, at least six months before fans are actually able to see fights, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... I was, uh, like, like I have a friend who is one of, like, high up in the social media department for iHeartRadio, and I was just talking, because we have, like, he's always having to travel to, to concerts, and we were talking just, like, comparing, like, being off the road covering fights to being off the road covering, like, concerts and festivals, and he's saying that he's talking to, like, managers of musicians, and they're saying October is when they're going to probably start having concerts again. So if there are fights in the UFC, I think Casey hit it on the head. They're not going to see fans in attendance until, like, late 2020. Like, may, yeah. like if if they are, if if it happens in 2020, late 2020. So, uh, But if fans, I, in terms of actual fights inside the Apex or empty arenas or whatever, 
I hope by June. I really do. It's going to be here's weird the for a while, right? Yeah, well, here's it's, the difference between fighters and musicians. There is no music island. There is no music true. island. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Sorry, musicians. Sorry you don't have a president who cares, but we have fighter island, guys. So that's God true. knows. It's oh, probably going to turn into like an annual thing, too. Like fight That's what island, I was you know? about to ask, Brian. What are your thoughts when you hear fighter island? Like, would you want to fight on an island like that? I mean, it'd be pretty cool. Like, that's an experience to tell you, your kids one day, like, hey, man, like, I went off to this crazy island. I had no idea where I was going, <laughs> but I fought for the UFC, and one of my fights was there. And then, like, I feel like it really might become a thing where it's like oh, once yeah. a year. You know, that's Dana what... likes to, to, you know, be uh, an innovator, so... That's what we were saying. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this island is built. Like, there are questions, obviously, like, is there a hospital on the island? Yeah. Like, is there an ICU? What's the medical situation? Where is it? Like, that's is there the first a sauna? Like, is there, like, <laughs> is, a host- is there, like, hotels? Uh, what's the arena look like? Are fans going to be allowed to go in the future? But, like, if this gets off the ground, like, in five years, are we going to have, like, fighter Fight Island 5? Like every year on the anniversary of the first one, is there going to be an anniversary show? I, I don't want to say guarantee, but I would not put it past uh, Dana from holding an annual event uh, like yeah, Brian. Yeah, I mean, it would be fucking cool. Let's be honest. Like, I mean, if this whole situation Unique. wasn't going nah. down, where there's a pandemic going down, and there was some like Fighter Island when everything's back together, that would be fucking crazy. It's just the situation that we're in that is making us go, okay, guys, is this real life? But but people keep thinking when these when you think island, you think tropical paradise. Most islands are not that. Most islands are just, there's a reason no one lives there. Apart from Ireland. Apart from Ireland. Beautiful, tropical place. Well, you know, actually, um, the movie, Peter, uh, did you see the movie The Lighthouse? You remember that? Oh, man. That movie is based based on a story about an island that uh, was off Scotland, I think. It's it's basically shithole islands. And that's 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 what most islands are. If no one's there... After all these years of human civilization, if no humans are there, that means it's just a bunch of rocks. So it's <laughs> don't. I mean, don't, it's got to be like decent weather, right? At least we we have loads Keep, of islands off Ireland. Like we can just walk to them when the tide goes out, and all there is on them is rats and a lighthouse. <laughs> Usually, yeah, like, you, know, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, 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 and those are islands. So I'm just I'm just saying, <laughs> and you can get stuck on them. You can actually get stuck on them. It happened to me. Uh, my uncles when we were kids, they they live on the. Uh, by the coast and scaries, they'd walk out with a bag of cans and then start drinking cans on the island and then the tide would come back out so they had no way of getting back so they just had to stay there for the night. <laughs> oh, islands. <laughs> Brian, the last time we had Brian on, we missed this question, but how Irish are you, Brian? <laughs> I don't I'm even taking... know. I, I'm going gonna... to give myself... Yeah, he, We'll go with half, you know, just in case. But I know I'm half Italian, and then I would say probably like 20, 25 percent Irish. But the killer her name is like. So what you're saying is we have four Irish media members on this podcast right now. Yes, yes, yes. Well, one of my best friends, unfortunately, passed away many years ago. Um, his second name was Keller. Um, so yeah, you're yeah. one of us. you're one of us definitely. We need. We've only got oh, two fighters in the go. UFC now, for Christ's sake. We, you know what I mean? We need as many as we can get. Yeah, I hope <laughs> by all these things are back. I want to get I know over we're, I know you've been imagine calling you, them out. Imagine you and O'Malley in Ireland. That's Ireland. what I was going to say. That's you've been calling plan. O'Malley for that Dublin card, right? Yeah, that's the plan. I hope so. I don't know if he, he wants to, to fight me at this point, but uh, that would be great for my career, you know, right now to steal all that hype and uh, take off. 
Well, we brought someone brought his name up to you right after. I'm sure you saw the you saw it, but like he was backstage for his post fight scrum, and someone goes, "Uh, "Brian Kelleher brought you up." And before the questions you've done, he just goes, and then next question. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, I saw that. You're chirping at him. Yeah, he gets annoyed with me. He, he he's not a fan of me. <laughs> Brian had the best line ever, and he said it off camera after his last win because we we were just chatting. We were actually trying to organize if he could come on the A side because remember I was going to Amsterdam, and uh, he said to me, he "Goes, I'm gonna steal all his momentum, then I'm gonna steal his weed." <laughs> Yeah, I said I'm going to smoke all his weed. And then in an interview later on, I was like, I'm going to smoke all his weed, but I'll, like, uh, but I'll let him take a hit. I'm not that mean. <laughs> well, not anymore. Not with social distancing. It's all no. Brian's now. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Is that Dublin card even going to happen, Pizzi? Um, I'm not going to say one way or the other in case like, I start getting fingers pointed at me. I still have to go for an hour's worth of exercise a day around Ireland, for Christ's sake. That's I true. mean, enough shit as it is. Well, hopefully Brian can get that fight because as an Irish American, I'm sure he's all. Have you been to Ireland, Brian? No, I've never been. There you go. Might as well I'll get the UFC to pay for it. I'll time, bring you guys baby. around the place and show you, show you the ropes. Said oh. Celtic Warrior in the YouTube comments says, well, Brian means high or noble in Irish. Well, that's <laughs> a great that's name for true. you, Brian. <laughs> hey, that's perfect. That's too funny. Any other questions, Casey? Uh, let me take a look. Let me take a look. Not her. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff about you know fights that are canceled. Who's gonna win? You know all that stuff. Like, uh, man. Um, <laughs> I don't know what this anonymous dude one two three GSP at a slice of pizza off the floor after fight. I ain't mad at him. I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Thanks, mate. X, XM James. I'm just curious. What are your guys' thoughts on Juliana Pena versus Aspen Ladd? I know it got canceled, but that's a fire of a fight. I love that fight. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I when they announced that fight, I was excited. But th- I thought that fight fell through even before the coronavirus happened. Right? Didn't one of them get hurt or something like that? Oh, I, have, I have no idea. I have no idea off the top of my head. There's been yeah. a lot of other crazy things in the world of MMA, but I thought that was a banger of a fight when it first announced. Uh, those are two very con- uh, contrasting uh, individuals outside of the cage thrown down, too. Juliana Payne is one of those guys, fighters that like to get people's face. And Aspen Ladd is very uh, not doesn't say a lot before she fights. I know I'm really bummed because um, for, for this pandemic, because I really wanted to visit Aspen Ladd and um, do a video about her, and her dogs. Yeah. <laughs> like she loves her dogs. Bri- and like Brian, got any pets? Yeah, I got two chocolate labs. Oh, it's funny beautiful. the the, the bo- one's a boy, one's a girl. The boy is like obnoxious, and then the girl's like real calm, and and, and she listens, you know. So I'm a, I I play favorites. Uh, Chi Chi Oja, I'm I apologize for mispronouncing. Question: Where Izzy and Yoel just practicing social distancing before it was cool? <laughs> There you go. That's a wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I love you. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you ever, 
you ever been in a fight that's turned into something like that with just you and your opponent staring at each other for like I don't maybe even just three rounds? No, I I cannot allow that. I don't think that's ever happened to me. Like I like that would like piss me off, you know, because it's like what am I doing here? Like I would just start going after the guy like hardcore trying to finish the fight because like for me like I I, I always want to try to finish the fight no matter what, you know, whether it's submission, knockout. Uh, sometimes my fights start a little slow, but like once something happens, like the fire gets lit and I'm like go. So as a fighter watching that fight in the main event of the last pay-per-view we've had, like it's going to be the last pay-per-view for a while, are you getting frustrated watching that happen? You know, not really because I'm so uh, I'm such a fight fan and like, you know, I'm looking at details and like specifics and and I'm completely understanding of the stakes and the styles that they they fight like and you know, Israel doesn't want to pull the trigger cuz the power that Yoel has, but then Yoel doesn't want to just jump in cuz Israel's a counter striker. So I get it. Like I get the uh the technique <clears throat> to it and why it was happening, but you're like, "Man, like this is your chance to to win that title and like eventually you got to go take it." Like, you can't just expect that you're going to get a decision by doing barely anything. Well, like Casey was saying before this pandemic and fights are being canceled, the most toxic I've seen Twitter in a while was the fallout of that fight. Some fans blaming Yoel, some fans blaming Izzy, Dana White blaming Yoel. It shows that was a bad time all around, too. And then the pandemic hit, and it feels like that was a year ago. And that was only just last month. That was like a month ago. Now that you think about it, like, was, was the way that fight went down, was that the MMA media's fault as well? <laughs> I think it was. I think it was. Matchmaker's fault. Could have been. You never know. No, well, Dana, I think it was our fault again. That yeah. was our hands we, up. Put, we, we built it up too much. Yeah, we're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else we got, Casey? Comment section, Twitter, otherwise? Uh, I mean, let's do rapid fire. Oh, yeah, so I love rapid fire. It's more, uh, this is where from, I shine, guys. <laughs> from Max El Kukui Holloway, and it looks like their profile picture is an amalgamation of Max and Tony Fer- Max Holloway and Tony <laughs> Ferguson. Uh, do you think Dana will try to have Tony fight instead of rebooking Habib Tony? No. No. Six times the charm. Yeah. Also, before we move on, I put out this, I think it was November. I tweeted if... Habib and Tony Ferguson falls falls apart for the fifth time. I will lock myself in my room, eat my body weight in Oreos, and listen to only Immortal Technique for 24 hours. Don't think I haven't forgotten. So many people are now tweeting. <laughs> when are you going to put this video out? I haven't forgotten. I just don't want to go to the store and buy Oreos right now. <laughs> you got to order them, man. You get them. They'll, they'll bring them out to the car for you. I, also, I don't know, Brian, if you've listened to a moral technique or if Casey or, or PZ has. Your day is kind of my day is ruined after listening to him. I just feel sad for a long time. Yeah, some negative stuff. The the negative would, if only it were negative, then I could deal with it. It's more like a horrifying life. I just don't particularly want to listen to outside it, of maybe one day of the year. Is a moral technique the MMA media of hip hop? No, he would be the. Um, I can't. He, he's on a league of his own. I couldn't even describe how just demoralizing his his songs make me feel. Jesus also, Christ. I tweet, I tweeted that. Didn't even tag him. 
because I didn't know he was on Twitter, and he found it and retweeted it. So he's searching his name on Twitter, by the way. So shout out to Moral Technique for looking for looking himself up and retweeting me because now all of these people are asking me for that video of me eating Oreos and listening to his music. So do, do you think the one positive thing that comes out of this, though, is that Tony Khabib actually get rebooked and now that happens? See, Ryan, I like where heads at. That's, that's silver lining right there. And also yeah. I think – uh, we've talked like I know Alzheimer Sterling has said like you really think the UFC is going to do you favors you have to wonder if Justin Gaethje's willingness to step up on short notice kind of like benefits him down the road like does he win the quote unquote McGregor sweepstakes now like he was willing to save a car for the UFC will the UFC now give him that McGregor fight so I like where your head's at Brian silver lining positive outlook yeah, man. I think that's possible. I think sometimes they do look at that, you know, guys that are willing to jump in and, and risk it all. They they like they remember that sometimes. Well, I, I said for I've been asking fighters for a while, like you see Kamaru Usman cut weight as a possible fill in for Darren Till, Tyron Woodley. And then he fights like Rafael Dos Anjos on a tough finale in December. And then he offers to get a quick turnaround to save that card in January that eventually just didn't happen. Uh, and then he fought Damian Maya down in Chile. And then the next thing he had knows he's fighting for the UFC title, basically leapfrogs Colby Covington. So the precedence there, I don't know if that's exactly what happened, but in my mind, that might have probably played a factor, his willingness to help the UFC out. Yeah. Esther Lynn says for a sixth fight, that assumes she means Habib Tony. I think you guys said I think I said the fifth. Book it for the fifth time. It's booking it for the sixth time. Yeah. It's six times the charm, right? Yeah, that's the that's the phrase. <laughs> the anticipation, I feel like, helps you know to an extent. I know it's yeah. craziness six times, but how much anticipation that builds makes it that's better. What, like we've said this a million times. Like the first time they were gonna fight was a co-main event of like a tough finale. Like the the fact that this has fallen out so much, like their stock has only risen and risen and risen and risen and risen. And now if this is the first fight back after a pandemic, like big pay per view. It's all. It's going to be massive. Yeah, and the sense of occasion would have been completely stripped away. You know, like with, with no crowd there. Like that, people need to understand what it means to people that these two guys are finally fighting. And if it's like a silent backdrop, and like I know we can make all the references to Game of Death as we want, and oh, how cool would that be? It's way better when there's twenty thousand people freaking the fuck out that this fight is finally happening. You know? All right, hey, rapid oh, yeah. fire, rapid fire, come on. Who will come yes. back first, Dana or Scott Coker? Dana. Next. Dana. Yeah, I'll say Dana. 100% Dana. Next. Oh, sorry. That was, that was faster than I thought. How many days a week are you training, and do you have a part-time job? Boom. Seven. From Frank oh. oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> six six days a week, sometimes seven if I get bored, and uh, part-time jobs uh, with MMA fighting at the A-side live chat. <laughs> I, like where, I like that answer. Next question. Next question. Uh... Give you pizza get it. Does Tony does Tony's Dars choke keep him up at night? No. Next No, question. it helps him fall asleep. There yeah, you go. Yeah. That's how it works. Submissions don't <laughs> submissions don't keep you up. They make you go to bed. There yeah. you go. Question Can Tony roll out of Habib's ground and pound? No. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> That's real rapid fire right there. Uh, I think he has a potential to it. <laughs> Who wins Nunes Shevchenko three? Europe wins Shevchenko. Next question. <laughs> I would. I'll say Valentina because I think she won the second one anyway. Yeah, I'll say Valentina. 
Why not drop Tony and Habib on Fight Island and not let them fight until they fight? Could be a reality TV show. What does that even say? <laughs> not let them leave until they fight? Could I'll Basically, just throw them in the jungle and have them fight like Predator? Oh, and man. don't feed them, so whoever wins has to eat the other one. Well, you know, Khabib said, a real street fight, he could eat him, so... Yeah, I'd eat your face. Yeah. That was terrifying. That was yeah, terrifying. That was scary, man. Was what do you like, mean? What you talk street fight? <laughs> Oh, a man's face getting eaten is quite a visual. What, so, Tony Habib. What is this uh, Oxford? Predator, what is this uh, Oxford? Ahmed, <laughs> what is this Oxford? World's most dangerous game style on Fight Island. I love it. Yes. All right, we're good. We're, oh, no, no, one more. One. This is an important one. Dog person, cat person, or ferret person from the Dog ice person. Game. Dog person right here. Dog. I've never owned any other animal besides a dog, so I'll also say dog person. Team dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap on questions, Casey. Uh, yeah, we wrapped. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for promo? joining this. Promo. Give me promo. That's what I was getting oh, to. Oh, sorry. Cool. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait hold on. Put, <laughs> put egg on your face, Casey. Yeah. Well... Thank you so much, everyone, for joining this Friday edition of the podcast. I We put this episode together because we got – Pizzi and I got tagged in a few comments asking when Mr. Brian Kelleher was going to rejoin the A-Side live chat for, a, re, for a, a regrouping of the original Crystal Crew. So, Brian, as the guest of honor, as a phenomenal member of the Crystal Crew, uh, the floor is yours for whatever you want to talk about. I know you've cut in a promo a few times on the show, so the floor is yours. Shout out to Team Crystal, first and foremost. The Tigers. Are, this whole pandemic started because I forgot this thing in my car, in my gym bag. So and I, your- I, hadn't, I hadn't been wearing this thing, you know, until until I realized shit hit the fan. I'm like, oh, I got to put my, my necklace back on. But, yeah, man, um, thanks for having me on again. And, uh, oh, oh. That was amazing. That was fucking amazing. Was so I kind of fucked up the plane, but it's that was right. amazing. No, that was That's brilliant. That's by far the best promo we've had on this show. <laughs> we'll bring a tear promo, to a man. glass oi. It's beautiful. I had to bring the uke back. Yeah. Well, well for, so for those of you who joined, joined <laughs> us this week, thank you again. Uh, this will be on all the usual Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it. It's probably up there. Uh, we'll be back Monday. We'll figure out who our guest is going to be. Uh, maybe we'll even do it on Facebook or Twitter. Who knows? Or we'll stick to it on YouTube. We have all the time in our hands to play around with the A-Side Live Chat. But thank you so much for joining us Friday. That's Pizzi. That's Casey. I don't know where I am because Casey moved my orientation from the last few weeks. Uh, and, of course, thank you so much, Brian, for joining us. But until, until Monday, we're out. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.